This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Nice to have you along on this sunny and windy Halloween. The opposition conservatives in Ottawa are calling for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to reveal the names of any other cabinet ministers who may have used the same loophole as Finance Minister Bill Morneau in retaining control of assets rather than placing them in a blind trust. Here's the way it sounded during the most recent question period when Conservative leader Andrew Scheer demanded this transparency of the Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, it's against the law for cabinet ministers to own stocks and investments unless they are in a blind trust. Now, the finance minister has been caught, and now reports indicate that at least four other cabinet ministers are using the same loophole to maintain control of their investments. So, a very simple question to the Prime Minister, who are they? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, uh, everyone in this House refers to the conflict of interest in Catholic's Commissioner uh, to ensure that we are following the rules and putting in place the things uh, that Canadians expect us to expect of all parliamentarians. And it's interesting to note uh, that the conflict of interest in Ethics Commissioner has made recommendations to members of all parties and in previous governments. The names of four cabinet ministers have been published in various newspapers as having used the loophole. Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould, International Trade Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne, Veteran Affairs Minister Seamus O'Regan, and Infrastructure Minister Amarjeet Sohi. So what do you think? Should the prime minister reveal the names of the ministers in question, or is this turning into a witch hunt? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Again, the number is 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Let's first get the experts uh, on the line here with us. Michael Diamond, political commentator of Upstream Strategy. Hi, Michael. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And we're just waiting on Duff Conacher. He's the co-founder of Democracy Watch and visiting professor at the University of Ottawa. So we will go to him as soon as we get him. But in the meantime, Michael... Talk to us about the interests that are held directly or indirectly by these other cabinet ministers, at least to your knowledge. Well, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot more that we have to figure out here. But the problem, if you look at this from a political perspective, which is where you have to go right now and think about the impact is, is that we know we know that it's unlikely that these other ministers will have quite as many conflicts, both because of the nature of their their. Uh, pre-politics life, and also the nature of their portfolios compared to uh, Minister Morneau. But what we know is that it's going to compound the effect of uh, the negative publicity that this government has gotten, and it's really, I'd say, the the high point of the end of the uh, Trudeau government's uh, honeymoon with the Canadian voters. Let's talk about what happens when an individual becomes a member of parliament. 
do they does each member, each new member sit down with the ethics commissioner at that time to discuss um, money that should be put behind a screen or in a blind trust? Yes, and and not just uh, not just uh, MPs and ministers, but also the staff of ministers. You know, many many years ago, my brother, uh, fresh out of university, uh, did not have assets that would make anyone look twice. Was a policy assistant to the veteran minister of Veterans Affairs, and even him, at 20 years old, in a very low level position in the uh, ministry, had to put his limited assets into a blind trust. So this has been standard for a very long time. There may be. Um, ways that the, uh, the the system that Bill Morneau used uh, had passed the ethics commissioner's uh, test. But we, it's important to remember that, unlike what the government is saying, that the ethics uh, commissioner approved the setup, that's not it. She said it was okay. She never suggested it. Right. Okay, we now have the professor on the line, uh, the co-founder of Democracy Watch, visiting professor at the University of Ottawa, Duff Conacher. Thanks for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. My pleasure. Uh, when we were trying to get you on the line there, I was also asking our political commentator, Michael Diamond, about the names of the ministers in question, whether they should be revealed by the prime minister or is this turning into a witch hunt? What do you think? Oh, no, they should definitely be uh, be named because um, it's essential for the public to know. The public has a right to know what the interests are and what the structure is of uh, supposed schemes to keep them out of conflicts of interest. Otherwise, they can't be watched to determine whether they are uh, taking part in decisions in which they uh, have a conflict of interest. But there are bigger issues here as well. I mean, there is no loophole that they're exploiting. The Ethics Commissioner made it up. Blind trusts are a a charade because you know what you put in your trust, so you know you own it. And so the whole system is is a scandal itself, as well as the ethics commissioner's decisions in this situation, which is why Democracy Watch is, uh, we already have her in court on two different matters, but we're planning a new court case based on these very bad, legally incorrect decisions that she's made, letting people off the hook. So what what change would you like to see in these instances? Well, first of all, there is no loophole. So the law says you have to either put your assets, your investments into a blind trust or sell them. Right. Um, putting them in a blind trust, again, that's a charade. You you know what you put in the trust. You get to choose the trustee, and with the ethics commissioner's approval, and she's such a lapdog, I'm sure she'd always give it, you're allowed to actually give instructions to your trustee. So a blind trust is a charade. They should be required to sell investments while they're in public office and uh, invest in bonds or uh, government bonds or term deposits. Those don't have those conflicts of interest that investments in businesses do. Do you They're think... already making the top 5% of the prime minister, top 1% salary. Why do they have to be in a position to even be tempted to make more money with their decisions while they're in office? Do you think that a poor job has been done of explaining the whole blind trust concept to Canadians? Well, yeah, unfortunately, in the media, first of all, quoted some people saying blind trust is the gold standard. It's not. Divestment's the gold standard. Right. A guy named Judge Parker looked at Sinclair Stevens, a cabinet minister's situation 30 years ago, and he said blind trust should be uh, uh, abolished. They're a fiction. 
There's no such thing as a blind trust because you know what you put into your trust. You know, if if, if Bill Morneau had put his shares into blind trust, you think he didn't know that he he wouldn't have known that he still owned them? Of course he would have. So but but ethically, ethically though, once you put the, it into a blind trust, you are no longer to be uh, invested, so to speak, in and, what happens to that money. And no trustee that Bill Morneau would have got to choose. And is getting to choose now with the assets that he's now putting in a blind trust, even though he's refusing to disclose what those assets are. Uh, no trustee that he chooses and that he can give instructions to is going to sell anything that he doesn't want sold. He knows he's owned it. Blind trust is a charade. It always has been. It always will be, which is why Judge Parker in 1987 said, abolish them, require them to disclose all their assets, sell most of them, if you have assets in a family company or your, your family has a company, uh, it's really hard to say to your whole family, you have to sell the company just because I become a minister. So then the rule should be you can't take part in any decisions where you have even the appearance of a conflict of interest, any decisions that affect your family's investments, your friend's investments, directly or indirectly. That's the only effective ethics rule. And instead, the way it is now Ministers are actually allowed to take part in decisions that they profit from. That's how huge the loopholes are in this law. Bill Morneau is allowed to change the pension law in a way that benefits his family's company. That's what the law says. As long as the changes to the law affect other companies, he's allowed to make those decisions to change the law in ways that help his family's company. So those loopholes need to be closed. I'm on the line here with uh, Professor Duff Conacher, University of Ottawa, co-founder Democracy Watch, along with strategist Michael Diamond of Upstream Strategy. And your phone calls are welcome about uh, the transparency or lack of transparency that appears to have been revealed on Parliament Hill, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Do you think the Prime Minister is trying to hide information for reasons that are also undisclosed? Your call's welcome, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to our strategist, Michael Diamond. Uh, In terms of moving forward, what do you think the best uh, plan of action would be for the Prime Minister to defuse this? You know, I think it's going going to require either a uh, major cabinet uh, uh, overhaul. There was no way that you could put someone like Bill Morneau into that specific portfolio without creating all sorts of uh, issues. And these these are absolutely real issues. So it, it was a conflict waiting for a place to happen. It's now happened. There's there's no amount of uh, oversight that uh, beyond divestment, which was uh, you know going to be a tough pill to swallow for the minister, that would uh, have fixed this. So I think. Uh, a cabinet shuffle, and probably I think this government needs to really reset. They've had a really bad, a really bad quarter here uh, since the House has come back for the summer. Between uh, and even in the summer with the cutter payment, the uh, tax reforms that was just a botched rollout, and they really I think need to probe the House, come back in the new year with a, a very strong throne speech, and uh, try and uh, reset the narrative. Okay, let's go to Gord in Brampton. Hi, Gord. You're our first caller today on Fight Back. Your comment or question? Yeah, hi, Jane. Uh, Sorry, I agree with the uh, professor. It's a big scam. 
I remember when uh, Lisa Raitt ordered the uh, ordered the uh, airlines and that back to uh, work. Yes. How, how are we supposed to know that she doesn't have shares in these uh, private equity companies or her families? It's, it's a big joke, a big scam, and they got these uh, cash for access, and it's, you can't trust any of them. What do you think about that, Professor, that that we as Canadians um, are maybe losing trust in the motivation behind decisions that are being made on Parliament Hill as a result of all these allegations? With good reason. The, the last four uh, prime ministers have violated the ethics rules, not in this way in terms of having blind trust that they knew what they owned or investments, but in one way or another, the last four finance ministers have violated the ethics rules. Um, despite the fact that there's huge loopholes in the ethics rules. The, the ethics commissioner and before her, the ethics counselor, have let them all off the hook. Uh, if we had serious watchdogs in those positions, 100 MPs and, and 30 cabinet ministers would have been found guilty just in the last 10 years of violating the federal ethics law and, and the ethics code for MPs. Right. But we've had lapdogs in, in place, and that's part of the problem. The ethics commissioner, Mary Dawson, she's currently serving on a six-month renewable contract that the Liberals handed her in June. She's not independent. She doesn't have a job beyond December unless the Liberals hand her another six-month $100,000 contract. I'm so, reading here, um, when we go back a few years in, in history, that Mary Dawson asked the then Harper government in 2013 to change the law to eliminate the loophole, but the Conservatives failed to make her suggested change. Yep. Does there is this no loophole, though. She made it up. Okay. The, the law says you have to sell or put in a blind trust any investment or asset that you control. Right, so it is not a loophole. It is the law. Yeah, she made up this loophole saying, oh, you set up a holding company that owns that asset or investment, therefore you don't control it. It's called a holding company. When you're holding something, you control it. Mm -hmm. And she just made this up and has allowed, uh, according to finally her disclosure uh, yesterday, uh, five or so conservative cabinet ministers and, and five or so liberal cabinet ministers to exploit this loophole that she created. And, and it's all a charade, and I don't know why she does it, but she's done it again and again. She's a confirmed lapdog. We have to get rid of her and close the loopholes and hopefully get someone in se who's serious about it, and then people will ha be able to trust that, at least in terms of the ethics enforcement, it's strong. We're not going to stop bribery and secret payments. Those things will always happen really difficult to stop those, but at least we'll have an effective ethics enforcement system, which we haven't ever had in Canadian history. Let's go back to the phones, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Edith in Toronto, go ahead, you're up next. Well, I wonder who would ever run for Parliament uh, if they had to divest themselves completely of all their life savings. Uh, we would get people who had no expertise at all, and I, I just don't think it's reasonable for them to do that. I also think we need experienced people in Parliament, people who know the business side of things. Okay, let's let's put that comment, in, and thank you for your call, Edith, to thank Michael you. Diamond. Uh, I mean, she makes a good point. Uh, intelligent, invested people who have assets... Are they not always going to be moved a little bit by their own holdings, even if it's in an RRSP? 
Well, again, I mean, the, the conflicts created by putting Bill Morneau in as finance minister are going to be quite a bit different than uh, your your average person with an investment account. So there, there's different uh, scales of conflict, I, I would say. And I do, I do think she's right. We can't make it – is, it, at the end of the day, it is called public service, and we want people who are there because that's what they want to do, serve the public. But we also can't make it so punitive that nobody uh, who's of a high quality is going to want to uh, participate in the process, so there's definitely a balancing act that needs to be found. I don't, I don't have the answer, but I, I also certainly don't want to see a uh, less qualified uh, parliament than than we have. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up a story that's been floating around about conservative leader Andrew Scheer, professor. He's invested money in what's called a real estate limited partnership, and so there's some finger pointing going on even with the new leader of the Conservative Party. Uh, yes, well, it's a tax-saving vehicle. So he's he is ex- exploiting loopholes that are there in the tax uh, code that allow you to save money by investing in this kind of structure, and those loopholes should be closed as well because it's only the wealthiest people that can afford the accountants that can come up with these schemes to exploit these loopholes. But I'm not saying that anyone has to sell all their savings. You keep the money. You just sell your investments in businesses because that creates a conflict of interest. Right. You will be tempted to make decisions that will f- make money for you. And when you're bought into Canadian government bonds or other go- government bonds from Canada or a term deposit, you're getting a fixed return for the time you're in office. You're still going to, going to earn uh, a percentage of return. It's not a huge thing to ask of people. First of all, there's not that many MPs who have these kind of investments. Uh, and for the few that are wealthy, it's the only way to avoid the conflict of interest. Otherwise, they could keep them all, and disclose, as long as they disclose all of them, so that we know where the conflicts of interest are, and they're not required, they're not allowed uh, to take part in any decision where they have even the appearance of a conflict of interest. If that was done, Bill Morneau would not be allowed to be finance minister, because he has multiple conflicts of interest if he keeps on uh, holding on to all these investments. But he's refusing to even disclose what he owns beyond the shares in Morneau Chappelle. All of them, as Judge Parker recommended in 1987, 30 years ago, should be required to disclose all their assets, their spouse's assets, uh, so that we know where their interests lie and we can track whether they are taking part in decisions where they have a conflict of interest. Right okay. Now. One more call, Bob and Etobicoke. To be unethical. Bob and Etobicoke, go ahead. You're next. Yeah, I don't believe that they should have to dispose of any of their assets, no matter what position. But everything they own should be divulged, and if it is something that affects what they own, they should have to uh, step aside from voting on it. Because and if they're caught doing this, because we want the best people in the country to run. For the politicians, right in the public service, in the public service, or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And if you take, because some of these people, they're smart enough to invest in X, Y, and Z, and they're making money at it, and so they're they're wise people, and that's who we want in our government. And so they shouldn't have to sell a, a dime's worth of any of their stock, but they should have to declare it. And it doesn't have to be necessarily public knowledge to you, me, and the next guy. But the government should know, and uh, the ethics commission should know, but we shouldn't know. We don't need to know what, who owns what. 
But well, if they vote on it, causing it to go up or down because some of the stuff that they own, maybe we don't want that company to do well because it's not maybe in the business, in the best interest of the country. Okay, got it. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for your call. Uh, The final word uh, goes to Michael Diamond. You know, I think uh, the last caller, many, many voters would uh, see eye to eye with him, but it's important to note under the system he proposes, Bill Morneau would not be able to make a single decision as finance minister. There are just yeah. too many conflicts. It's why it was, you know, it, 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 it's why this Pandora's box has been opened. And until there's a change in finance, we're going to see this government continue to take hit after hit after hit. And the prime minister is going to have to decide at some point what his investment in Minister Morneau is worth to him. Michael Diamond, Upstream Strategy. Thank Thanks for your time. Thank you. Likewise, uh, Professor Duff Conacher. We appreciate uh, your input on this and wish you the best with your efforts. Thank you. People can see much more detail at democracywatch.ca. Democracywatch.ca. Very good. We are coming up to 23 minutes past the hour of noon here on Zoomer Radio. Jane for Libby. And coming up next, the TTC fails to make it in the top half of 100 transit systems around the world. Are you surprised? Reserve a line now, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.